are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, preparing for a storm here in New Orleans and Louisiana again. So everyone, please stay safe. But in fun news, I guess, we had the Stan Van Gundy press conference yesterday. We're going to break it all down. The biggest takeaways from it. What did he say? What did David Griffin and Trajan Langdon say as well? Let's just dive into it all. This is all we're covering in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So yesterday, the Pelicans had the introductory press conference via Zoom for Stan Van Gundy. I was on there and it was streamed online where you could watch it on NBA.com, Pelicans.com, Twitter. Basically, you could not miss this sort of thing. And it was kind of funny at the beginning because the Pelicans, they're just like us. Having trouble with their Zooms working, people were muted, people were not muted who should have been muted, and it took, you don't want to call them technical issues, it's just you got to press that button and some people forget and don't realize, and even Stan Van Gundy, when he was supposed to speak, was muted and he started going, and thank you Scott Kushner of the Times-Picayune for letting him know, and then Van Gundy unmuted himself and kind of laughed and was like, yeah, always forget to do that. And so we're off to an interesting start but overall it was pretty smooth and you know there's no replacement for these in-person kind of things but we can't do that right now so it was pretty similar though to how things went with Alvin Gentry a couple of years ago it started with uh Gail Benson giving the opening remarks I I noted this on Twitter the other day a year ago she said she was still going to be called owner of the team and even gave a statement to NOLA.com about that that has since changed now she is being referred to as governor of the Pelicans rather than owner. Just something worth noting, I think. And then she handed it over to David Griffin, who gave some opening remarks. And in both of them, Gail Benson and David Griffin, there's a bit of a theme there. Teaching, young team, and accountability. Those three things. And Gail Benson even said it herself. Stan Van Gundy demands accountability and will provide great leadership for our young team. And I think when you look at David Griffin and what he was talking about, that was really one of the biggest things for him, that he wants someone to teach these young guys and lead them going forward in a way that just Alvin Gentry was not getting it done. It doesn't mean he wasn't coaching them up. And in fact, David Griffin started the press conference off by thanking Alvin Gentry for the time he was with this and the way that he represented the team and kind of got them to the point that they are. But to go forward, they needed to have a different leadership style and a different leadership voice. And they eventually landed on Stan Van Gundy. David Griffin did mention they interviewed a total of nine people in one fashion or another, but they set up very clear criteria that they were looking for in the next Pelicans head coach. And they took a lot of time to make sure they landed on the right guy. He reiterated they were no rush. They know how crucial of a hire this is. He then went on to talk a little bit about Stan Van Gundy's regular season record. He wins a lot of games, winning better than 60% of his games in Miami and Orlando, and above 500 in the playoffs, which he mentioned is a very rare thing. So looking at him, they just felt this was the best chance to win in the short term and give the team the best chance to build, quote, a sustainable winner in the long term, end quote. So he was 
eventually kind of the guy that can help in both short-term and long-term, which is what the Pelicans were looking for. And then it was on to Stan Van Gundy, who talked a lot about fit. And this is something that comes up in, in job interviews and anything. And it's funny, I talk to people about this just in their regular job interview like life. Fit with the company is more important than almost anything else. Sometimes more important than salary, sometimes more important than job title. Fit and making sure you're going into a place that you work well. And it seems like Stan Van Gundy was really looking at that here. And he mentioned, he joked that he knew that he was in the right spot when the PR team called him yesterday. He was in Orlando um, at his home in South Florida in Orlando during all of this and said that he knew he was in the right spot when the Pelicans PR told him he didn't need to wear a suit and tie to this press conference and he could just wear a Pelicans polo. And he seemed very excited about that. They gave a pretty good laugh for everyone on the call as well. In his opening remarks, Stan Van Gundy also mentioned that he has spoken to every player on the team already, and he's working to meet with them in person and spending time studying the film. We'll get into more of the film study here in the next segment and some of the other set in the third segment as well as we kind of break down what he said in this. But it was very clear that he is very happy to be here. He thought this is the right fit, and he also has great respect and buy-in for David Griffin and Gail Benson and seeing what they're doing to try and turn this into a championship winning organization here in New Orleans, that they're all committed to that. We've mentioned that ownership is something that is a great equalizer in sports that can sometimes make a big difference. It can give you a competitive advantage. They all say good things about Gail Benson, that she is fully in on this uh, in a way that the ownership group never was before. When it came to this team, and I don't think Stan Van Gundy would have been signing on to this if he didn't see that as well. He did also mention the he wanted to coach again, but the only job he was looking at to get back into coaching was the New Orleans Pelicans. And it turns out it's the one that he got. So coming up, let's look at what things might uh, look like, I guess, as a way to say it. Under Stan Van Gundy, we'll also look at his approach to guys like Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. And, of course, Lonzo Ball. And then take a look at, did we glean anything from this press conference that's going to apply to next season? I do think we did in terms of some of the stuff that we discussed on yesterday's show. So let's get to it in the next couple segments here of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. And if you want to try them, go over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. I eat one of these things daily after my workout. They have some that are 19 grams of protein and 180 calories or 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. These low calorie bars basically mean you don't waste all the cardio you just did while still getting your body the protein that it needs. You'd also give these things out for Halloween because you'd have no idea that they aren't candy bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got amazing flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. My co-host on the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA loves the peanut butter, pure and simple, salted caramel, and they're soft. They're easy to chew. They they have the consistency unlike anything you've ever tried before. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. 
Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast. Never miss a show. We're here Monday through Friday for you all. No paywall, no nothing like that. Just breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's Stan Van Gundy and what he said in the press conference like today. We'll dive into some of the adjustments he makes mid-games, things like that. We're going to preview a lot of more of the draft, free agency, the players. We've got it all covered here at Locked On Pelicans, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, continuing to talk about Stan Van Gundy, his press conference yesterday, the introductory press conference, and what any of our takeaways might be from it. So we're going to talk in this segment about some of the players, particularly Zion, particularly Lonzo Ball, and then Brandon Ingram as well, and some of his coaching philosophies. But I think the coaching philosophy part is kind of interesting. One of the reasons that David Griffin hired him, he said, and Trajan Langdon too, has to do with the fact that he's always trying to learn and improve as a head coach himself. Despite being out of the NBA for just two years, it's not like it's a long time, right? And he even mentioned that the game hasn't like passed him by or anything like that. It's not like he's coming back and it looks like a completely different sport. Like it might have been for someone who, say, coached in the 80s and now was making their return to NBA coaching that things are very, very different all of a sudden. That's not the case for him. He was coaching in 2018. So he's still kind of up to date on everything, but he also mentioned that as a broadcaster, being able to see all the things that are going on and prep work for games and all of that really can prepare you to become a head coach again and kind of get back into the thick of things as you see some of the league-wide trends that are developing, as he's mentioned zone defense uh, at various other times, not during this press conference as well. That Those are things maybe that teams need to be forward-thinking about and starting to introduce introduce more uh, as a concept to their franchises. But he also was attending coaching clinics. They even uh, highlighted one that he went to Iceland for a coaching clinic with a number of big-name international head coaches, foreign head coaches, to discuss ideas and get uh, discuss concepts, schemes, all of that stuff. So this isn't a guy who's just rooted in one style of play, which tends to be slower on offense, to be perfectly honest, if you look at the pace of his teams and defense focused, I think he's willing to adapt. And even in the fact that he said when one of the reasons he took this job and why it was appealing was how good this team can be in transition. And I think you'll still see the Pelicans get out and run when possible. So what does this mean for all of the players? He was asked about uh, Zion Williamson to some degree. And the question was, do you see him as a four or five? And Stan Van Gundy's answer was kind of the one that makes all of us real basketball nerds go kind of crazy in a good way, because he said, I don't really look at it in position. We're kind of in a positionless era of basketball. And it's more about figuring out the skill set of Zion Williamson. What is he really good at? And then putting the other four best players around him to maximize that skill set. It's not about him playing the four. It's not about him playing the five. Who cares about that? Just put the five best guys, four best guys around Zion Williamson out there on the court and let's figure out what they all do best and how they can work complementary of each other and we'll be a good basketball team regardless of position. He said it's kind of a perimeter big oriented league, a skilled big oriented league. You don't win games by playing a Shaq style of game with your back to the basket and posting up. You need to have perimeter skills. So maybe it is if you have a team of bigs who are talented ball handlers who can shoot the ball as well, you throw five of them out there and who cares? And that's kind of what he's hinting at, that they are looking for multi-talented players, I think, that are going to complement one another. And so it doesn't really matter what Zion's 
exact position is. He also, and David Griffin also mentioned that, you know, in terms of Zion Williamson, he's not the focal point and it doesn't really all begin and end with him that there isn't one focal point in that the accountability kind of goes to everybody out there, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. They try and deflect some of that off of there, but clearly this all does begin and end with Zion Williamson. In terms of Lonzo Ball, he, he talked about him and said he's a very good player. He's a very talented player. He clearly improved on the three-point uh, shot this past season and that they are uh, that he thought there's no one better than getting the offense out and running him before defense is set than Lonzo Ball. We all know this. That's exactly what we, we've all talked about. It's in the half court where the lack of aggression comes into play that he really does struggle. But it also seems like he has a great deal of faith in Lonzo Ball getting better and maybe becoming the point guard that we all hope he would be and that he's shown at times some promise of. And said, young guys, talented young players, just figure it out and it takes some time. And so because of that, I do think you're still going to see Lonzo Ball be a point guard in the half court. But it also goes into something that he said about Brandon Ingram. And he didn't go into much depth on any specific players really on the team or anything like that. That wasn't really, I think, what this press conference was for. And also, frankly, he hasn't met them. He doesn't know them all that well. And he's just starting to watch film on all of them to kind of formulate ideas and concepts about what to do. So he shouldn't have a ton of ideas necessarily, or at least that he's going to share publicly, about the team. But one thing he did mention with Brandon Ingram was that Brandon Ingram plays like a point guard. So if you're trying to kind of piece this all together to a degree, and this is what we talked about two days ago on the show, you could see a lot of point forward Brandon Ingram in the offense running through B.I., I think. And let him be your point guard in the half court. Lonzo Ball work a little bit off ball some more. Be a spot up and three point shooting threat catch and shoot guy. But also a guy that if you do need to do some things isn't just that one dimensional and only catches and shoots, right? He is a capable passer. The ball doesn't stick in his hands. No one's a black hole as Stan Van Gundy said on offense here. But when he referred to B.I. as a point guard. I'd be willing to bet we're going to see Ingram taking the ball up the court a whole lot more. A lot of Ben Simmons-esque type of Brandon Ingram play just with a better shot. That sounds good to me to try and run the offense through him. Let Zion kind of work in a more secondary role, which hopefully lessens some of the burden on him. But having B.I. kind of go out there and cook, I think can create for others pretty well. He's a pretty good passer. Is he going to be your primary point guard 100% of the time? Not a damn chance, and he would fail in that role, at least I think right now, as of today. But he can do a chunk more of it, I think. And he showed off flashes of it. He's shown flashes of it in Los Angeles, too. And so when you hear him mention Brandon Ingram as a point guard, well, it probably gives you somewhat of a hint of what this team might look like, at least offensively, next season. What else might this team look like offensively next season or just in general next season, not even offensively? We're going to talk about that because they kind of hinted at some stuff towards the end of the press conference of maybe what to expect in terms of roster construction for next season. And we're going to break that down right now. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast here Monday through Friday for you all. No one else is doing that, breaking it down in every capacity, free agency, the draft next season, which is starting very, very soon. We've got it all covered here on Locked on Pelicans. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So wrapping up today's show, I was hoping in this press conference we might get some of an idea of what the team might look like next season. Where are the heads of Trajan Langdon, Swin Cash, David Griffin, and Stan Van Gundy kind of all at? 
That, I think, is an important thing with the season starting in less than two months. That's kind of insane and not something that is easy to really prepare for. And because of that, a lot of people are expecting continuity to be a a big thing for success next season. And I talked about it on the Tuesday show. You know, you only have 72 games, you know, if all the rumors are true next season to try and get into the playoffs. Yet, meaning you've got to kind of hit the ground running a bad start. You're basically buried because you don't have 10 extra games to try and make it up if you think you're going to peak later in the year. You need to come out as good as possible because it just makes every game matter a little bit more. That's going to be important. And if you're having a ton of roster turnover, well, then you're probably not going to win as many games because you're trying to integrate those guys. But it's compounded by the fact even more so that you're going to have a short training camp. And David Griffin said that the idea of free agency starting about the same time as training camp is kind of scary. And here's a quote. To think about bringing people into training camp sort of on the fly as you add to the roster, I can't really conceive of what that looks like. And frankly, from a coaching perspective, I can only imagine somebody that's the kind of prepared coach uh, that's kind of prepared that Coach Van Gundy is. I can't imagine what it would do to their staff not to know on a day-to-day basis how many bodies you, you would have and who those bodies would be. So it sets up to be a very daunting start of the season for everybody. Yeah, if you don't want... To have constant turnover and guys struggling to integrate themselves in the roster and figure out what they need to be doing, you probably want to have some continuity and carry some of the chemistry over from last season to this current one. And I think you're going to see this be the case with a lot of NBA teams. One, there's not a lot of money out there anyway. If the luxury tax drops and you look at sign and trades, that actually hard caps you and that limits and restricts you even more so than not having money at times in free agency does. You might not see a lot of player movement this offseason just because of that. And the players that do might be on one-year deals. And then I think a month into the season, whatever it might be, you start to get an earlier trade market heating up as teams kind of see what's working, what isn't, who they want to move on from, who they want to bring in. But to start the year, I do not think you will see a ton of roster turnover or anything like that. And the way David Griffin says that and how he kind of says, I don't know if Stan Van Gundy wants that. You're probably not going to provide your coach with a ton of bodies coming in and out, in and out in the beginning of training camp as you're gearing up for what looks to be and is hopefully going to be and what they want to be a competitive season for the Pelicans. So Derek Favors maybe has already agreed to a deal here in New Orleans. We've heard some rumors that tampering, running rampant, right? No one cares, but that free agents are already agreeing to deals right now. And I would not be shocked if maybe they've come to some sort of agreement with a guy like uh, Derek Favors or even a guy like Frank Jackson coming back too. I don't know, but it would not be sho- it would not shock me if they're kind of already ahead of this. Don't forget, J.J. Redick was announced within like two minutes of free agency starting last season. Let's now pretend like that deal wasn't done well ahead of that uh, the first minute or two that you're allowed to talk to somebody. I have no doubt that some deals actually get done that way, that these teams are so prepared and have such a good idea of what the market value for a player is. They go to that player's agent. Here's two years, $24 million. Yes, no. And the player's like, oh, okay, cool. That's about what I'm worth. That's what I was expecting. I'll say yes. But it's J.J. Redick who's a shooter. He could have gotten money anywhere. So the fact that that got done immediately – Definitely seems to indicate that this is a team that is probably speaking to people and tampering to some degree, right? 
It's just a natural thing and it's a fine thing. So I would not be shocked if they've kind of gotten the off season kind of set already and have an idea of who's coming in is anyone, if anyone new is coming in or if no one really is, and they're just going to run it back with the roster from last season. But we've got about a month till we find that out. We've got the draft coming up on November 18th. So we're going to probably switch gears a little bit um, in part of the rest of the week to that a bit more. By the way, hurricane coming. Don't know if I'll have power. So you've got today's show right now. We'll see about the rest of the week and what it's going to look like. Everyone stay safe if you're in the path of this thing. Um, and let's hope this just gets over uh, over quickly. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On NBA. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And hopefully I'll be back with you all tomorrow.